We're finishing up our uh, series that we've called AHA. It's based on the book AHA by Kyle Eidelman. Uh, I, I encourage you, if you haven't picked it up, it's, it really is a quick read, and the author writes uh, uh, in a manner that makes it very easy uh, to read. Um, <clears throat> it looks at those moments in life when we suddenly uh, come to an understanding that we hadn't before, that uh, there were some factors that were either making us numb to feel the things around us or blind to see the things around us. But nonetheless, we've come to a sudden understanding and we're really kind of at a crossroads. It uses the story that Jesus told in the Gospel of Luke, a uh, book in the New Testament, uh, that's commonly referred to as the prodigal son. It's a story about a young man who lived with his uh, older brother and his father in a home that provided everything for him. And I mean everything. But everything really wasn't enough. The young man went to his father and asked him for his inheritance. Yes, his inheritance. His father obviously had not died yet, but the young man was acting as if his father had and said, I want my share of the inheritance now. And to, su- to the surprise of those who were listening to Jesus tell the story for the first time, the father said yes and gathered up the young man's inheritance. Soon after, the son left home for what we have called a distant country. And remember that we defined a distant country that is any place that's apart from God. It can be just a couple of steps away. It can be on the other side of the globe. But it's apart from God. He went off for a distant country and began to uh, uh, spend and spend and spend and spend. And at that rate, it wasn't too long before there was nothing left. And if his foolishness wasn't bad enough, his timing was actually worse because just shortly after he ran out of money, the distant country that he found himself in began to experience a famine. And suddenly he had nothing and no one. So he uh, did what a whole bunch of others, I assume, were doing and he just found someone that he could work for, but the only job that he could find was feeding the pigs of a farmer in a field far away. He was so hungry that he actually began to want the food that the pigs had because no one would give him anything. He suddenly found himself in a pig pen far away with no one to help him at all. He had to be brutally honest about a situation and see that it was his decisions, his pride, his foolishness that brought him to this place. It wasn't the famine. It wasn't the farmer. And it wasn't faithless friends. It was him. Period. This is what we call aha. But aha doesn't stop right at that moment. It's not just the dirt or the place or whatever. It, it, it actually kind of begins right there. 
He had to stand up, get up, get out, leave the country, and begin to go home. We've described the three critical components of AHA as a sudden awakening, brutal honesty, and immediate action. That is the necessary, necessary formula for AHA. At any point along this story, though, whether it's the story that Jesus tells or even our own AHA story, at any point, it can stall. It can short-circuit. A lot of people have a sudden awakening, but few of them are really brutally honest with themselves. And even fewer still take immediate action after having been honest about themselves and their circumstances. I want you to understand that God wakes us all up. He provides a whole set of variables that can come into our lives, people that we know, people that we don't know, uh, an accident on the road, uh, a sudden conversation uh, uh, while involved in retail therapy. Um, Who knows uh, the different things that can happen, but God brings all of those uh, different kinds of things to bear to wake us up. And after waking up, Sometimes, as I said, we're honest with ourselves. And if we're fortunate to keep going, we'll take immediate action. Here's my question. How will your aha story end? How will it end? Will it end, firstly, at just the awakening? You have to hear the alarm. In order to wake up, you've got to hear the alarm. The aha moment is as real as it can be, but there are times when it literally only lasts for a moment. Then what? About 15 years ago, I was serving in another church and uh, I, got, uh, I got a phone call on a Saturday night. And um, it was from a well-known couple in the church. And they said they needed to talk to me. It was about 20 after 10. I was literally laying in bed. And uh, I said, what, what, what's going on? We, we need to talk to you right now. I said, oh, okay. They said, no, in person. I don't know about you, but I've had that happen more than a few times. And anytime anybody calls that late, you, you, you wonder. But then based upon the conversation that I eventually ended up having at the kitchen table in this couple's home, I came to find out that there was a staff member that was in really bad trouble morally. And the affair that I was told about at that meeting, I actually began to dig a little bit deeper and it was actually much darker than quote-unquote just 
an affair. And I realized real quickly I was way in over my head. So I reached out to someone that I had known that I had admired for their wisdom and their ability to give good counsel. And from that individual, I received very good counsel and very good wisdom. A few years later, I found out that at the very same time that individual was giving me counsel, he himself was involved in an affair. The alarm went off. It was a sudden awakening. And he hit the snooze button. These are real. They happen. And believe it or not, God is not waiting to just simply punish us or smack us or have us walk into a trap and divinely laugh from the heavens in the midst of our pain. No, He lets us know with a number of alarms that can go off. Stop. Wake up. Don't go any farther. It suddenly hits you there are parts of your life that you thought would never be the way that they are. But then you just brush them off as religious guilt instead of being honest about what's really going on in your life. It suddenly hits you that you are standing in the middle of a pig pen of your own making. But you just set that aside as well, thinking it doesn't matter anymore because it's too late for you to make a change. Having a sudden awakening is simply the beginning of an aha story. God wants to wake you up, but He does not want your aha story to end right then and right there. Waking up is just simply uh, his means of helping you to see and understand exactly what you have not been able to see and understand for whatever reason to this point. He wants to wake you up and he wants you to have some honesty about the circumstances you're in. Some brutal honesty. Notwithstanding the uncomfortability of being brutally honest with yourself, it's actually a really good place for you and I to be. Because the minute you start talking about the things that are going on, facing the things that are going on, it actually gets a little less painful. You're actually relieved. You can finally say it. You've been avoiding those circumstances. You've been uh, just pushing them down, procrastinating from one day to the next but finally to face them, it's, it's almost as if a huge load comes off of your shoulders. The difficulty begins to fade right after you face what's really there. You've woken up. You're listening to the truth that God is speaking to your mind and to your heart. And now that very same truth you are saying to yourself you're coming to grips with where you've been and what you've done. You've confessed your sin, not only to yourself, but to people, some of the people that you've actually harmed and hurt. 
And as awkward as that can be sometimes, it's just as relieving, just as powerful. Your broken heart has brought about an honesty whose pain is outshined by the relief of seeing things with clarity that has avoided you for years. And it's making a difference. It's here, though, where a whole bunch of aha stories stall. Because just honesty in and of itself is not change. It's merely, it's merely identifying the things that have been there for a long time that everyone else has seen for quite some time, but you just now are seeing for the first time. There's the significance there. People are often honest about their past, but lots of times people are not honest about their fear of what's coming. The fear of the unknown becomes more powerful than the pain of right now. And so aha stories can stall. That's not where God's story wants you to end. Jesus says that the truth will set you free. But free to do what? Free to act. Free to have immediate action action what if your aha story moves beyond a powerful moment of awakening it moves beyond your willingness to open up and be honest and you actually begin to change the things that you see and hope for actually come to pass and you're you're actually breathing well smiling sleeping at night You take the hard steps toward change and you know your life will never be the same. Maybe the hardest step you ever took was the first one. But each step after that gets just a little bit easier and better and stronger. You can see God's fingerprints over the entire process. I don't know about you, but I call that aha. Lots of things begin to make sense. But here's the funny part. Jesus says there's still more to the story. We've talked for more than a couple of weeks about a sudden awakening and brutal honesty and immediate action, but there's still more to the story. It's called celebration. Celebration. You didn't think that when you have an aha story and, and it maybe it's because there's a, a, a mess of your life or somebody else's life that you know that you're forever stained with the mud that's there. That you have to walk around uh, uh, like uh, some people think that you have to wearing some scarlet letter constantly on you. Maybe, maybe it's uh, in the corner of your, of your sweater. Maybe it's on a hat that you wear. Maybe it's a, a, a bumper sticker that's on your car. You, no, that's not how it works. God never intended it for, uh, for it to be like that. He wants us to celebrate when we come home. That's the whole point of this. Now, listen to what uh, Jesus says in Luke chapter 22. Verse 
at 15, verse 22, I'm sorry. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. This is the young one who's, uh, young son who's come home now. Uh, put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattest calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. In Shan's paraphrase version, bring out the bacon and get out of the way and let a man who knows what he's doing at that table. That's what that looks like. It's, it's everything that you never thought could possibly be there, but is. Because God celebrates when you and I make those choices and we're brave enough and trusting enough to lean on him. That's the whole point. Uh, this son of mine, he says, was dead. And now he's alive again. He's lost. And now he's found. So they began to celebrate. They began to celebrate. Celebration is joy. Celebration is not retelling the story. It's not recounting how it was that the young man ended up on the front porch. It's simply saying he's back on the front porch. Because there will be enough dark whispers from his own mind and his own heart in the days and weeks and months and years to come. He does not need us to remind him what happened. He needs us to celebrate. Your aha story doesn't have to end in an awakening or brutal honesty or halfway home having left the pig pen. The story ends with God. The story ends with Him. When God writes an aha story, life gets back to the way it started. Back with God. Okay, so there's a detour. There's not one person who's hearing my voice right now that hasn't had at least 10 of them. At least 10 of them. And there's quite possibly a chance that somebody who's listening to me right now is on a detour. On an aha story that's stalled. Or quite possibly just beginning right now. But God wants it to end back with him. Back with him, with the celebration, with the rejoicing there. Jesus, while he was telling this story, just before he told this exact story, he says in the very same chapter, I tell you, it's the same in heaven. There is joy in heaven over one person, one sinner, who turns away from sin. Joy. God wants to celebrate the return of his children. Do you understand that God never gets tired of seeing the silhouette of you and me coming back home? He never gets tired of that. He never is too tired to jump off the porch, run down the sidewalk, go through the gate, and meet you before you get there. He's never too tired, never too angry never in a position to hold any part of your aha story against you. 
fact of the matter is, if you look closely, you might see God running to you right now. Right now. So I guess there's one last question as we wrap this all up. Are we going to join the celebration? Are we going to join it? Celebrating uh, to you and me might be sometimes frustrating that we've got to get up and they change the clocks again and wouldn't you know it's snowing this morning. And, uh... Seriously, when we got up this morning, ask Leslie, our coffee pot didn't work. That's, okay, that's just wrong. I'm not done. When I got here, that coffee pot didn't work. Oh, that's not an aha. That's an oh no. That's just wrong. Everything that could possibly have gone wrong went wrong this morning. And if that wasn't bad enough, on the way here, because this, this little bit of a storm was nothing, but it caught a couple people off guard, two wrecks on the way in. Watched one of them happen. Are we going to worry about the bad stuff and focus on the fact that coffee wasn't made and the clocks changed and that guy who I didn't like who said something to me that I always remember is here again? Am I, am I going to say, God, I'd really like to have an aha moment, but I need to talk to you about what somebody else said to me, what somebody else did to me. Yeah, God, I know it was 26 years ago, but I'm still mad. <laughs> it happens. I suppose the worst thing that you and I could ever say is that We don't need an aha moment. The story doesn't end. The father has this great party and he says, uh, says, uh, Jesus tells the story that they all began to celebrate, but it continues on. In verse 18, Jesus says this, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house and heard the music and dancing, he called to one of the servants. He asked him what was going on. Your brother, you know, the one that left, he, he, he's come back home. Your father has killed the fattest calf. He's done this because your brother is back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and he refused to go in. Translation, he was not going to celebrate. So his father went out and he begged him. But he answered his father, All these years I've worked like a slave for you. Sometimes that's the way we view the things we get to do for God. It's wrong, it's totally inappropriate. But we think it's like slavery for God. Jesus knew what he was doing. All these years I've worked like a slave for you. I've always obeyed your order. 
You never gave me even a young goat that I could celebrate with. But this son of yours wasted your money with some prostitutes. You know what's interesting about that part of the story? Just a few verses back, when Jesus told what the son originally did, all he said was he squandered his wealth in wild living. A lot of us go to the prostitute thing, but Jesus didn't go there. But his older brother did. Who knows? He may have done a lot of bad things, but that may not have been one of them. But the older son piled it on. This son of yours wasted your money with some prostitutes. Now he comes home. And for him, you kill the fattest calf. Do you know there are two kind of aha stories that God wants to write? And I would maintain that he's always writing them. The first aha story is the aha of experience. Maybe someone is right now that you know, quite possibly someone here this morning is going through an aha. The, the alarm is going off and, 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 and you've turned it off and you're waking up and you're realizing some things about your life and you're being honest with yourself and, and you're about ready to step out of that mess and come back to God. That's the experiencing that. And for there are people right now that I know and that you know that you are praying for that they would just wake up, that they would stop. You've helped them before. You've tried to help them again. You just can't help anymore because the help that you give them doesn't seem to make a difference. But now you're just saying, God, please bring someone, bring something, anything to make a difference in their life. And they, they do experience it. They do see it. And you're so glad. That's the experiencing. But then there's the remembering of aha. Has it been so long that we've forgotten what the pig pen smelled like? Has it been so long that we just really can't remember the pain that we were experiencing 10 years ago, 30 years ago? longer that we forgot what it looked like when God came running and you thought you were going to get yelled at and you thought you were going to get ridiculed and you would be forever pushed out to the field to work with the servants never to really be able to go into the house anymore but that's not what God did we remember but it's been so long We've forgotten how good grace feels. Do you remember what it was like to know, to really know that God loves you so much? He cares for you so much. He keeps writing aha stories. And you know what? For me, For me personally, I can remember my aha story. There are times that I have forgotten. But you know what happens to me? I don't have an aha story anymore. I have an oh yeah story. Oh yeah. 
That's what God did for me. Oh, yeah. I see my friend. And I remember when I was like that. I see my friend with tears of joy experiencing the grace of God for the first time. And I remember, oh, yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember? Or do you need an oh yeah story too? If you are one of those who knows about aha, but you're having a hard time celebrating because you think that it isn't fair, that they deserve a little bit more pain, that you had to go through a whole bunch more and you're still serving God like a slave, I need to remind you of just a couple of different things. People have difficulty celebrating because they can't remember how good God is. They just can't. Their own oh yeah story is taking place even as we speak And they've gone to the distant country where the grace of God isn't remembered. If you're having trouble remembering your initial aha moment and you're in that distant country, number two, the alarm just went off in your mind and your heart. Don't hit the snooze button. Don't do it. Let God woke you. Let God make a difference. Have him break your heart even again. And we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate. How is your aha story going to end? How is your aha story going to end? If you get up, I can guarantee you that God just sat up while sitting on the front porch. He just got up. You take a step out of the pen, He takes a step off the porch. If you draw near to Him, He will draw near to you. What are you going to do? God, thank you so much for loving us. For many of us, we've known you for so long. We've known our books of the Bible and we've memorized scriptures and we know the stories and we know one thing after another, but sometimes we just get so caught up in church and so caught up in knowing things that we forgot you. We see you moving in other people's lives and sometimes we wonder if you've forgotten us. We forget. We have doubts and we have burdens. Lord, it's got nothing to do with your strength, your goodness, your faithfulness. It's got everything to do with us. God, you bless and you bless Sometimes it just takes a little 
little wake up, a little reminder, a little oh yeah, and you make such a difference. Lord, you're writing, rewriting the stories of people's lives all the time. And even now, even for many of us who've been walking with you for years, you're not done writing our story. You're changing us, even now. You're renewing our hearts. You're strengthening our resolve to live for you. And God, we're, we're getting ready to make some big things happen here. And it's going to take a little bit more of each of us. But God, for all the things that we give, you give more. You bless more. You cheer us on. And we're so grateful. God, we don't want our stories to end here on a cold day with an hour less sleep and no coffee. God, we want to get up and just run. We don't want it to end here. We want more of you so we can give more of you to people who need to hear about you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.